Welcome to Fireside Chats with Utah Council for Citizen Diplomacy. My name is Julieta Romero and I am the Fireside Chats Podcast Fellow at UCCD. These Fireside Chats are short conversations with Utah citizen diplomats who are reformulating the American worldview by bringing their global experience back home to Utah. I welcome Dawood, a Yazidi community activist and organizer, to discuss and spread awareness about this marginalized community. Hi, Dawood, and thank you for joining us today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. So to start off, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself and your journey with moving to the United States? Yeah, I consider myself a ESD genocide survivor. I was born and raised in a small village uh, called Degree in Sinjar City in northern Iraq. And I basically uh, was I raised I was raised and lived most of my childhood until I I was like 20 in Sinjar City and after that well, after Sinjar, after Sinjar was attacked by ISIS, we became displaced people. I lived with my family for two years in IDP camps, which is internally displaced person camps in Kurdistan. And I work as a uh, for different organizations, and I was trying to raise awareness about uh, the Yazidi genocide, about uh, the difficult situation that my people was going through until. I moved to the United States in 2016, and I have been living in Salt Lake City since then. And could you explain Yazidism to people outside of your culture? Yeah, and uh, Yazidism is like somehow is uh, there's like a lot of misconception, a, a lot of misleading information, even on like when you Google about Yazidis, like uh, there's like a lot of information that there were even like uh, a lot of a lot of those information caused so many harm to Yazidis and basically many genocides. Yazidism is a, a a religion that believe in one God like Christianity and and Islam and uh, there are a lot of misconception that uh, about the fallen angel about like their uh, devil worshippers and those mis uh, leading information. Uh, brought a lot of harm to Yazidis and the last genocide was uh, another result of uh, all that misconception. So uh, Yazidis, they believe in one God and they have seven angels uh, who the Yazidi believe like God uh, uh, trusted the the universe uh, to them and they are taking care, care of the earth. And uh, we have been living in the, in the Mesopotamia area for like thousands of years. Our history is prolonged for over 6,000 years and we have been facing so many genocides, so many atrocities just because we are Yazidis and a lot of these like uh, misleading information that uh, they were trying to use as an excuse to uh, persecute Yazidis. It's a very deep um, and deep history that I, I didn't even know when searching up um, information about um, the Yazidi community. So that's really interesting. And would you mind actually explaining a little bit more about the religious perspective that the Yazidi community has? Like you said, it's a monotheistic um, religion, but could you mind explaining a little bit more about the beliefs? Yeah, as uh, I mentioned, it's a monotheistic uh, uh, faith, which is uh, they believe in one God, um, 
uh, that's like a what they sh is something they share with the other Abrahamic religions. Uh, yesterday's they they have uh, seven angels, and at the same time they have a lot of uh, wisdom people or uh, respectful people who uh, they had a lot to contribute in the Yazidi religion. That's why we have a lot of temples, a lot of shrines, like in Sinjar Mountain, uh, and we have the biggest temple, uh, uh, Lalish, which is in in Kurdistan. Uh, Yazidis, they uh, they basically they are very social community, and they share all the all their like religious beliefs and uh, even like their social uh beliefs in 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 ver verbally and uh the problem is that during those many campaigns of genocides they were always trying to destroy everything that uh, the yazidism have all the books all the shrines all their concepts religious con uh, uh, context they were uh, all being destroyed by 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 others they're trying so hard to uh, put all these accusations on the yazidis and uh, make them so weak in uh, in 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 this area. Like in only like hundred years ago, yes, these were over twenty two millions, and right now they are less than one million. They have been persecuted all over the history just because of their beliefs. And if you just come to talk to the yes, these their beliefs are very very simple. Like. Uh, much I know about the Yazidis is all like verbal, but at the same time, like when my father, for example, would, would pray every morning, he would raise his hand to the uh, sunrise in the morning and sunset in the evening. And his simple prayers were most likely he would wish the best to all humanity. And they would wish the best to all human beings and good for all people. And after that to Yazidis. So Yazidism is mostly based on peace. They don't have, uh, they don't have aggression. They don't have uh, hate in their religion. Uh, in, and for that reason, they have all the time been persecuted, but they would never ever fight back or they would never ever harm other people. Uh, and I think it's a vulnerable community that have faced so many uh, injustice uh, uh, and all the, this happening to them is just because they're a small vulnerable uh, community in the Middle East. Yazidism is, so, is so connected to the nature and uh, for their long history it's it's like they they appreciate like all the elements uh, for uh, for living and uh, if for example like the Yazidi New Year Chashamatsu which is the second Wednesday of April like the Yazidi would color uh, uh, like eggs like eggs is representing the earth which is like very is 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 very unique because like only recently they discovered like the whole earth is the is is the in the shape of eggs and they would color it as a as a symbol of like how the earth was created or the universe was created uh Yazidism is very peaceful and unfortunately for all these like misleading information they have been facing so many atrocities and uh, genocides all right, so you did touch on this a little bit, but would you mind explaining a little bit more about why the Yazidi people have experienced so much persecution throughout their history? I think it's like uh, if you are uh, a vulnerable community and a different religion in the Middle East, which is like the most dominated religion is Islam, uh, it's you are 
under the danger of being persecuted and having a lot of these like uh, uh, misleading information that the Yazidis are unbelievers, they are devil worshippers, they believe in a fallen angel. So all this information they were using as an excuse to to harm the Yazidis. And as you know, like a lot of like conflict would happen. So they would always use these small, weak uh, minorities or vulnerable communities as a target. And Yazidi was one of one one of these uh, target. And as you know, like in Iraq, like in 1970 or before that, like there were even Jewish community. There were like large Christian communities. But right now, like there are only like few maybe member of the Jewish community in Iraq, and that's in Kurdistan. And the same thing with the christians like the number decreased uh, during the uh, i mean throughout the history so yes it is, is uh, yesism is like as a vulnerable community a lot of misconceptions and a weak a weak uh, minority they were always using all these uh, all these stuff to to target them and so you have a student club at solid community college called operation yesity right yeah, after I, I moved to the United States, uh, I, I I was trying like in any way to uh, increase awareness, to uh, try to uh, make a voice for the Yazidis. And uh, after, I mean, first I published my, my book, uh, Walking Alone uh, in 2017. And then after I started at Salah Community College, I also started a student club called Operation Yazidis. Uh, we were trying to, uh, bring students to uh, collaborate, to uh, talk about the Yazidis, to uh, to try aware, uh, like uh, raise awareness about what has happened to the Yazidis because it's very hard to find like voices that are av advocating for the Yazidis who are non-Yazidis. So uh, and for the Yazidis is a very vulnerable small community. It's really hard for them uh, to reach to the outside community to bring help and also to uh, make them understand who the Yazidis are. So I'm trying like in any possible way, if it's uh, activism, if it's through the student club, and if it's through like writing to increase awareness about what has happened to my people and still happening. And with that being said, is there a, a Yazidi community here in Utah? I was actually the pioneer. I was the first Yazidi who moved to uh, from the Iraq to Utah, and after that, we uh, we started to uh, become like more like we were like I think five five families. Right now, we are only like two family and one individual, so we are like seven people here in Utah. I can imagine that must be very difficult. And are you connected with with any other Yazidi communities outside of Utah? Yeah, actually, the Yazidi community is very social and it's very uh, connect connective. Like they, most of the Yazidi they know each other, and that's through the social media. Uh, we we know each other and we also connect and we also collaborate on the uh, activism for the Yazidis uh, uh, Yazidi cause. And also, we have like uh, other large community uh, like in the United States. We have the biggest community in Lincoln, Nebraska. Like we visit uh, Lincoln, Nebraska, like few times 
every year for for our holidays for the like some celebration and for other stuff and we reconnect we also have like community in arizona and uh in uh, texas and other some other states also we have like uh other i mean esd communities i would never expect um for nebraska to be uh, one of the largest esd communities here in the u.s so that's actually really cool and are you still in touch with your family back home yeah, it's uh, it's something that uh, I do every week. Like I would call my mom, uh, uh, try to, I mean, I mean, try to connect with my family because I cannot go back there. That's the only way. So uh, I'm I'm very connected with my family, even with my people. Um, uh, I try to uh, to to not cut that uh, that connection as much as I can, and it's. It's something that yes, it is. Is like uh, the whole ESD community is like very proud of it because like we are so uh, connected, we are so uh, united that uh, we care for each other as a family and also as a people. And how can Utahns help support your effort to increase awareness and build a community here? I think that like there are different angles when we come to support the ESD as a community and also as a people who went through uh, genocide they faced a lot of injustice trauma uh, and as a vulnerable community who don't have a lot of resources uh, for example one of the things i would uh, i would think of is legally like uh, right now we we tried more to document uh, to more bring the the ESD codes so that uh, the international community uh, uh, try to come forward to more help the Yazidis. And we have also like some campaigns that are going on. Like uh, I I know there is like a campaign, a legal campaign against the, the tech company because like Facebook and other companies, they uh, they were marketing the Yazidis uh, women and children who, who were captured by ISIS. Like this was happening like publicly on, on Facebook, on WhatsApp. And uh, now there is a campaign like against those tech company for what they have done. And uh, my friend uh, who lives, he is the activist, uh, Wahab Hasso, who lives in Netherlands. And also my American friend, uh, she's uh, an attorney from New Jersey, Catherine uh, Van Campaign. They're leading that campaign and it's really active. And they're always uh, seeking help from others uh, to uh, support them and also for for the other side there are a lot of organizations like yesda like free uh yes the organization and many other organizations they're uh, working on the ground to support the yesds who are living for over almost eight eight years or or more in the camps and uh, they are they're lacking the basic needs like those uh, women and children who survive from isis activities a lot of them they're they're uh, living under severe uh, trauma after uh, they have faced a lot of uh, like injustice a lot of torturing sex delivery all that type of uh, of, of issues and they need uh, like mental health support and also the humanitarian uh, support so there are a lot of things that uh, we could we could do to help this vulnerable community and if anybody is willing to help and uh, could connect. Uh, we will. We will connect them to to the right right people.
who could who could uh, join them with that with that campaign. And you mentioned that you actually have a book. Would you mind touching on that a little bit more in case there's anyone who's listening that's interested in checking this out? Yeah, after I moved to the United States in 2016, uh, I was trying in any way to raise awareness. And for seven months, I was unable to work. I was unable to go to school because I was my asylum case was still pending. And at that moment, I I I I, I created this like collection of the short poems that I I have written. I was still writing about what I have been through, what my people have been through, about like the difficult circumstances that my people went through. Like uh, I try to imagine the situation of uh, a young child who was uh, who was on the on the top of Sinjar Mountain while they were surrounded by ISIS and they were they were dying from starvation from uh no from the lack of no food and water and fear and cold uh, and at the same time i was trying to uh capture those moments of myself with my family trying to run away from that uh from that like barbaric group who was trying to kill us and about the difficult situation we went through in the camp we started like uh, living on the floor in a primary school for two weeks then we ended up in a store then we we moved to a camp and i i witnessed the whole situation and even i i interviewed like so many uh, women who released from their captivity or who escaped from isis captivity after they went through a lot of trauma a lot of uh, torturing some of the the girls who who i interviewed myself they were only like 16 or 17 years old and they were being raped like 10 times by 10 different people from ISIS. And they also tried so many times to commit suicide and others who already commit suicide. So it was a lot of trauma. And at the same time, I feel like all these were stories of people who went through all these difficulties and they were forced to that, to, that thing and be, just because they were from different religion or just because they were part of a, a vulnerable community so I thought like I have to do something at least just to capture those moments at least just to make a description about what's going on and right now I'm in the middle of another book who which is will be a more detail about how we as a ESD community we lived in Sinjar how was our childhood so simple and also it was a lot of challenges starting from poverty from the fear of aggressions from saddam regime and how we were uh, we were lacking any source of uh, of survival like living in in that situation how we were earning to our parents after they would travel like hundreds of miles every year for eight or nine months just to provide living for us for only four months of winter so there there's so much that the world needs to know about the yesterdays and uh, there's so much that uh, the world could do for the yesterdays and i think after all this happening to the yesterdays in front of the eyes of the world i think they deserve some justice
and for that reason i'm i'm i'm, I'm working in any way to at least deliver this message at least to to be a voice for all these voiceless people well i just want to say that your work does not go unseen unappreciated um, I'm so glad that there's brave people like you that are willing to um, create a platform to definitely uplift this marginalized community that has gone through so much unnecessary pain and torture. So really thank you for, for being so brave and doing that. Yeah, I would like to first thank you for having me and giving me the chance to talk about like my community, about what has happened to them and about my story. Uh, I think it's important for for us to share our stories and uh, for you having the or giving me the chance to uh, to perform that it's really it's really uh, an important thing for me and for my community. Uh, my message to everybody is that uh, our community is like they have faced injustice for so many years and right now my community is still living uh, under severe conditions in the idp camps like for eight years including my family uh, who are now living in qadia camp in kurdistan of iraq and there are still like almost like 2500 yazdi women and children who are missing and their families they don't know anything about them they have been uh, Cap, I mean, in, in ISIS captivity since 2014, many of them, they 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 haven't heard anything from them. Uh, the ISD community is very, right now, it's like they need they need your help and any any help is appreciated. Like if it's like humanitarian help, if it's illegal, uh, if it's like uh, psychological help to all tra uh, traumatized people who, who survive from the ISIS captivity, any help would be appreciated. And if someone is interested in helping, are there any organizations out there that they could donate to or reach out to? Yeah, there are many, yes, the organization, as I mentioned, yes, that is one of the leading one. There is the uh, free ESD. There is that campaigns also like now they're starting to uh, to raise uh, funding for more legal work because they need uh, help from uh, and any pro bono work from other like uh, attorneys and uh, the other communities like if if you just you search about the ESD organization like you could find a different organization uh, but yes the and free ESD uh, organization I know they're they're leading on the ground they have uh, they have different uh, there's also lotus Flower. They have different uh, centers, like in different uh, uh, camps, and they are doing like uh, different like social activities, psychological activities, and also like humanitarian aid. So uh, any of any of these organization would be would be a good good choice to go. that's it for today. Thank you for listening. To learn more about today's guests and our fireside chats, check out our website, utahdiplomacy.org, as well as explore our website to learn more about how to get involved with diplomacy in Utah one handshake at a time. 